Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. All right, well, welcome back to the You're Not Alone podcast. I have two of my favorite people in the entire planet here today. Uh, Of course, Jamie is here with me, but uh, we have the one and only Tracy Rice. Yes. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Tracy is a pastor. He is, uh, you kind of have a, give give us a real brief rundown of your resume, man. It's amazing. Well, I was in youth ministry for about 12 years. I, um, Traveled, did itinerant ministry for several years. I worked in the marketplace uh, for about seven years, did computer programming, uh, came out to Reading and did a three-year ministry school, and now I actually work as a part of that for the last five years. And so Tracy, Jamie and I ended up in Tracy's group this last year and was... I, can, I, I will honestly say this is where I'm going to say some really nice, just gushy things <laughs> yeah, about Tracy. <laughs> but uh, I, I would I, I'm going to say that Tracy has impacted my life, both of our lives, yes. more than almost anybody else ever has. Yeah. And in such a short time, um, Tracy is is an amazing pastor but really what he carries is that he is a father yeah mm-hmm. and you feel that when you get around him and uh it's you've you've been you've been a pastor in the school for is this your seventh year i'm going into my sixth year going into your sixth year so six so there is literally hundreds of kids that have gone through this school and my experience is not it's like that's everybody's experience like when you hear like i remember when we first uh yeah when we tell people who our rgp was they go oh tracy <laughs> like nobody ever went oh tracy and jamie and i are like who is this guy <laughs> that everybody pauses and goes, Oh, Tracy. And I'm like, that is just so weird. <laughs> and then I meet Tracy and now I do the same thing. I'm like, Oh, Tracy, <laughs> you know, I, I will say our first encounter is that Jamie and I came out of a very rough situation out of a really hard season. Yeah. And we showed up to the school and I remember our first day and you just came up and Tracy, if you haven't met him, he's got the stare. <laughs> He's got the, tr- like, it's like, like, I'm going to pierce your soul with my laser beams of love, is what this is. Oh my goodness. And he comes up to me and he just stares at me. And I'm, and this is at a time like, I didn't want to be seen by anybody. I'm like, I didn't want to be at the school. I'm like, this is, this is awful. And Tracy just comes up and he just grabs me, <laughs> stares into my soul. And he goes, and the, the Lord gave him a very specific word. He goes, You've been, You've been dishonored in, in another season, and the Lord's going to restore you, and I'm going to mm-hmm. take every chance I get to honor you. And me crying in public or not is not my friend. <laughs> Tracy has a goal. <laughs> like, the more people you can make cry in public, like, that's your, your lifelong mission, and I totally get it. It's great. I don't think you're reaching your goal very well. It's your goal not to cry in public. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get a better, different goal. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just get around them, and just something just kind of, it's catchy. <laughs> it's catchy. Yeah, and we won't, we won't mention how you just came and 
laid down on in my lap the first service. Just like Tracy saw me and got so excited. I don't know if he's excited or what, but he runs in and jumps and lays down on my lap and just looks at me and goes, is this weird? <laughs> like, yes, it is. <laughs> you were so seen. Oh, yeah. It, you're not able to hide. And that's one of the giftings that he definitely carries and something that I really aspire to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Yeah. Just the love that you carry is mm. just amazing. Yeah. It's been so impactful for so many people. Uh, thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. You watch him at a, in a service and it's it's like the the morning of a thousand hugs <laughs> yeah. uh, okay now are, have we said enough that's, nice things you, I'm, getting little, going. I'm getting a little nauseous so. Aww. <laughs> so one of the teachings that you did this year that really shook radically shook me and and made me look at things completely different um, it wasn't the day you made me stand up and sing in front of everybody, which that was <laughs> the that challenge was, by choice. It was impactful, but not in you. the same way. Um, was your teachings on relationship mm. and specifically the gates? And for us, you know, we've been in, in a place where we, we made a lot of mistakes in relationships. Either we we let people in too close or we, we didn't set good boundaries um, or times where we confronted when we should have loved and there's times when we loved and we should have confronted. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. And so for you as a leader, um, you did this teaching. Why did you come up with this? Um, I think with, uh, I'm, I'm high on compassion mm-hmm. and um, I really have a heart to connect with people the thing that I started seeing in my life, though, was that um, I wasn't, I, I was doing a good job of caring for other people, but I wasn't caring for my own heart. And mm. often mm. in my attempt or effort to love people, I was actually opening up myself to pain and damage and um, just knew that there needed to be some changes. And I started having some hints of that. Um, just the the need to see things differently in relationships, but I didn't really have a, a good tool to be able to do that. And I actually heard uh, somebody talk about heart gates once, and it just it kind of it gave me the right um, grid and reference point of learning how to love people, um, but also manage my own heart of how open to be that not everybody you open your heart to has the, the intention um, that m- many of them might have an intention to try to hurt you or take advantage of you or something and just mm-hmm. learning how to navigate that and it's it's changed my life as far as the relationships so yeah. I feel like I'm in much better place of healthy relationships yeah we're not even talking to people that are vindictive and mean it's just no. people in their own wounds in their yeah, own hurts exactly that end up taking advantage. And so you discovered this while a pastor. Yeah. Now that's weird because pastors are perfect. Well, yeah. There's that pedestal that you, you, you stand on and sit on. I've heard that rumor, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm not fitting it very well. So. so what were the challenges? What challenges were, you know, maybe magnified because you were a pastor and having these challenges? Um, I think it was trying to manage the expectations of people that I would always be there for your every need. Mm. 
but then managing my own heart of not feeling guilty if I wasn't able to, or even, you know, like for me, um, letting other people be responsible for their mistakes was a huge thing for me. I always felt like it was my responsibility. You, you wasted all of your rent money at the casino. Now you're wanting me to help you. And I, I would feel guilty that I would say no, because I, I just had an imbalanced view of compassion and, mm-hmm. and, and really took people's power away from them to be responsible for themselves. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've, we've dealt with that over the years of For just sure. trying to find that balance of, of mm-hmm. helping. Because you, you didn't get into pastoring to be a millionaire. No. <laughs> I, I mean, but maybe you did. I, you know, I, or Levin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I got into it. For, I've been accused of that, too. You just doing it for the money. I'm like. If you only knew. What money? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Maybe, you know. But, um, you know, it's trying to have that balance of being able to help people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily um continue to enable them yeah yeah right and it's really defining love what does it look like to love somebody Mm. you know and sometimes love does look like helping to bear one another's burdens Mm -hmm. other times it's really um, encouraging them and affirming them to carry their own loads right you know which galatians talks about those Mm -hmm. two things so Mm. yeah I think, you know, for us, and I think this is kind of the, some of the realization that, that Jamie and I came to is like, okay, we're, we're having kind of a pattern of having relationships that are not necessarily going well and that are not healthy. And I think we, we kind of had to step back, and at least for me specifically, I had to step back and go, look, maybe my friends aren't the problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe my family isn't the problem. Maybe it's actually me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's huge to take ownership in whatever sure. situation you're facing. Like, I don't know who has the quote, but something about I'm the common denominator in every challenging situation I face. So yeah. there's always some form of responsibility I have to take yeah. in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or even counseling people and talking to people, just going. And I remember <clears throat> this one This one guy told me, he goes, over and over again, my relationships start off really good. And then they turn they turn sour. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with people? Mm. And I'm sitting there going, <sighs> now then I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're probably the problem. Mm-hmm. And then real quickly, I, I started to, to figure out going, okay, this guy tries to buy his friendships. You know, he tries to, to do all these different type of things. And instead of ever cultivating something genuine and honest, it ends up being kind of superficial. So you just spoke about boundaries a second ago. And uh, can you tell me what that looks like or what that means? Sure. Um, There is um, an important, it's important to have boundaries to determine who um, can get close to you and who needs to stay at a distance. And um, some people have... um, set a an ultimate boundary that nobody gets to be close to me and maybe because of pain in their past and they 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 actually build a big thick wall to protect themselves from never getting hurt that's not healthy Mm -hmm. but also allowing everybody to come in to the more intimate places of your heart that's not healthy either and so um, having some reference points in your own heart to be able to say okay what do I need 
to experience from somebody in a relationship to allow them to come closer. And it, it, it really is the basis of trust. How much can I entrust my heart to this person? And what are the checkpoints that need to happen for somebody to get closer? Mm-hmm. And if, if somebody maybe can hit one or two of them, um, but they, they can't necessarily uh, do any of the deeper um, boundaries, it's okay for you to, to say, you know what, I'm going to be able to share a little bit with you, but I'm not going to allow you to see every part of my heart. And part of that is just wisdom mm-hmm. of just knowing um, who, who gets to see the more intimate things. My, my wife gets to see the most intimate parts of my heart because of the level of trust, but not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are people that you still need to love and be kind to, but they don't necessarily get the access to, yeah. to you. Right. So let's say that you find yourself in a relationship where somebody's asking too much of you. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, that you just, maybe it's somebody that you've been in a relationship for a while. Do you visit, do you actually tell them, hey, I'm putting it in a boundary, or I can't let you into this place, or how do you manage that? Um, I don't think I'd be quite that direct. Um, but um, in relationships, both people have to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I am being manipulated or forced to give something that I am uncomfortable with, for me to do that, I'm actually giving up my, my, my power in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if I'm demanding something of somebody and I am overpowering them, that's not healthy. So in mm-hmm. both sides, everybody gets the choice. And if somebody's asking me, hey, can you share this? And I'm not comfortable or I'm not, I'm not at a place in the relationship to be able to do that. I, I would just, you know, say something like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really comfortable with sharing that, that part, you know, or trying not to make it a big, I am drawing a hard boundary. You have crossed a line, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, good. but just trying to, trying to be kind in it, but mm-hmm. still, you know, just being able to say, I don't think I'm really comfortable sharing that. So. Yeah. That's really good. I think a lot of times we feel like we owe a, a, an actual direct explanation for everything to people. Yeah. In all reality, we don't necessarily have to. Yeah. And if somebody's not going to respect those boundaries and they're going to continue to try to push them, they're probably not a friend. Yeah. That they're probably going to end up taking more than they ever give. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, you know, going back and look at it, that, that we'll get to the relationship gates here in a minute. But that's what, that's a priority in my life is that, look, there needs to be a give and take in a relationship. <laughs> and if you're given, doing all the giving or you're doing all the taking, it's not a relationship. Right. Not you're, a good one. No. And you're using somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and how somebody responds to your boundaries can actually give you a clue if oh they responded really well to that I think I can trust them to come closer really if they react to it then it just confirms like nope that that wasn't a safe yeah. uh, person to allow to see those more private things so that's yeah. really good and then you got to do the hard thing of, of with of protecting those boundaries and, and upholding them yeah and sometimes that's that's harder than even setting them yeah especially if you have somebody that keeps on pushing yeah and if, and uh, there have been um, couple of situations where somebody didn't respect my boundary and kept pushing kept pushing and trying to find different angles to get behind that boundary Mm. and you know I was I was real kind at first and then 
because of their not respecting my boundary, I actually had to be really direct and and almost harsh to get Mm. the point across. And then also they also got less, even less access to me. So, Mm -hmm. and just knowing you, that must've been excruciating. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to see me when I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) Got got the Hulk over here. (laughs) Well, that's that, that, no, but I could, I could sympathize with that because I think one of the things that you and I kind of share is that we're includers. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, and this is ever since I was a kid, I never like to see anybody left out. Yeah. And I remember like one of our happy places was camping. Like Jamie and I, we love going camping. We haven't done it in the 118 degree <laughs> desert that we live in now. Sorry for those who are like, you should just go. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but that was something, and plus, you know, especially in the early days when we were in Missoula or Montana, um, you know, we we didn't have much money, and so mm-hmm. camping is kind of a good way. You can go like cost of food. You go have, have you live in a tent. We did not do the RV glamping type of thing. <laughs> nope. Yeah, but this was kind of our happy place, and we yeah. invited some friends in, and that was great. And then I remember this. There's this one time where this person that was new to Montana is like, oh, I want to. Exp- exp- you know, experience all of Montana. I'm like, you should come camping with us. <laughs> and I was like, you and invited who? Everybody's to go camping with us. It we don't what, know what they're gonna do out there. Oh no, he did. He did about exactly like we thought we would. <laughs> you know, and you know, there's been times even with me that that it's like, okay, oh, I let you in, yeah, or I allowed. And I think in some cases you allow people to take more. Mm-hmm. And, and too soon, too yeah. soon before you've been oh, able yeah. to test yeah, the absolutely. relationship or, yeah. 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 And so, um, so th- there is a certain aspect of, of like a victim mentality mm-hmm. that can come into that and people could, could kind of try to manipulate. How do you, how do you address that? Sure. Um, so we, we operate out of needs out of desires and actually god created us to have needs and desires ultimately he's supposed to fulfill those but Mm -hmm. often he uses community to do that Mm -hmm. um victim mentality is trying to get a need met in a um an um an ungodly or an unhealthy way Mm -hmm. it's me saying um oh you need to respond to me a certain way because of what has happened to me or because of, you know, um, I'm, I'm a, a victim of pain. And it's actually me saying, I'm not going to be responsible for my own pain. I'm going to actually ask you to be responsible for my pain. Wow, yeah. And so the, uh, and it's, it, and it oftentimes victim mentality is there's an underlying manipulation of power that I'm going to use manipulation through being a victim. It's actually a power move to try to get you to respond to a need. And I think there is a healthy way to respond to one another in getting our needs met. But um, a victim mentality is actually, uh, it's, it's the need is not bad. It's just the method and the motive to get that met. Yeah, that's good. Wow. That is really good. That's a really good way to explain it. I'm going to have to go back and listen to my own podcast and take notes. <laughs> no, because it's, it's like, because sometimes, and there's just bad things that happen to people. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like, you, people are made victims mm-hmm. when it's not their choice. 
But it really does come down to your choice yeah. whether you try to stay there. And I think some people, like you said, they use it as a, a tool. Mm-hmm. And that's a form of manipulation. Yeah. And when you have to start to manipulate people, especially in relationship, it, it, it that does not give you a lasting relationship. Oh, no. And I think it's something a lot of people just have to kind of check their hearts for and just go, oh. Well, let's get into the gates. Okay. I, I love this. I love this teaching. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what are the gates? Why are they there? Um, again, Every, every um, level or boundary is it's based on trust and it's also based on you caring for your own needs. It's like loving yourself and so that you may love other people, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I had the love my neighbor really good, but mm-hmm. I didn't have love myself. Wow. And um, I think gate, heart gates is a way to love yourself so you can actually be more effective in loving people. Yeah. The picture is actually of a castle. Um, there are different layers of access in a castle. Let's say a king has a castle, and um, the of course the first access point would be the front gate or, or where the drawbridge would be. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people might have access to that. But as you go in layer by layer into the more um, private parts of the castle, fewer and fewer people get access to that. Hmm. Somebody that might be allowed to come through the front gate or the drawbridge wouldn't have access to the king's chamber where he uh, has intimacy and where he is, you know, without his royal robes and everything. And Mm -hmm. part of my challenge was I was allowing people into the private chamber of my heart that actually probably shouldn't even have been inside the castle itself, you know, and, Mm. but each, each layer is a layer of trust. Each layer is a place where there is, um, an established understanding or established experience that you can say, okay, this person consistently displays this that gives me confidence that I can open up a new layer of access. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you give us an example of that? Sure. A, a relational example. I'll, I'll, I'll even share some of my own heart gates okay. just, and, and my experience. Um, as I was trying to figure these out, um, let me give you an example. I had um, a friendship that um, it was somebody that I had... Um, allowed close, and there was um, just a it even had quite a history with the person, but there was a kind of a continual cycle of pain that came from that relationship. And um, for me, I, I, I at first I felt guilty for even considering moving that person further out, but realizing that oh, this was not. A healthy or an enjoyable relationship and I kept putting myself in that position of experiencing the pain and Mm. when I started learning about the heart gaze I actually realized that there was a need that I had to be able to trust this person that this person wasn't meeting that need Mm. and it gave me a reference point to be able to say unless that need is met I'm going to actually move them out and doesn't mean that I would never allow them back in, but it just at that time I I 
couldn't continue to allow the pain to just the cycle of pain to continue. And so the heart gate um, started to give me a reason to say yes to people, but it also gave me a reason to say no to people, which I never had before. Mm -hmm. I just had yes to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people only have no's to everybody, but Mm -hmm. um, just to, to be able to have reference points to say, okay, this person doesn't feel safe to me. Why? And I had, now I have markers that I can go, okay, the reason why I don't feel safe with this person is because they're not, they're, they're trying to get through a heart gate that, that I don't feel safe letting them in. So So when you say yes to, to other relationships, that does take away from relationships that are important. The ones that you should be saying, marriage, wife, children, things like that. Sure, and that that affected my relationship with my wife. We're very similar. When you were describing about the inviting somebody camping, it's like, <laughs> I, because of my includer, I was yeah. I was including everybody into you know things that actually my wife wasn't comfortable with because she was much more like, well, we don't know this person, and we don't you know. And here I'm yeah. inviting him over for Christmas, you know, and. Sure. Did that ever happen with us? Chris, no, that so, did. Yeah, absolutely. So, Christmas? You know, but <laughs> but now um, for me to to have healthy boundaries without feeling guilty but having a reason, and it, it's like my heart feels so much healthier and safer. And, mm-hmm. and even I feel like it actually creates a space for me to love people uh, better in a more healthy way. Yeah, I think it's really good that you asked why. Why don't, why doesn't this feel mm-hmm. safe or why? Like that's really good to tune into because yeah. if you don't understand that, yeah. you know, how can you address it? What's really going on, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was actually part of the process of me. Dis- discovering the different levels of heart gates, mm-hmm. you know, that each level became more vulnerable and intimate. And one, like I, I, I actually spent time, it, this took me about a six month process to figure out what my heart gates were. And I, I went through relationships that I had that either felt really safe or those that I I had uncertainty or caution about, mm-hmm. yeah. and I and I would ask that question: Why does this person? What is it that this person is displaying that makes me feel cautious? Or the other question is: What would I need to see from that person to be able to allow them in closer? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that really became my my process of figuring out what were the different levels of mm-hmm. boundaries that I could allow people in closer. That's really good. You know, I think a good indicator that you've let somebody into the wrong gate too far, and they, it's not just letting them all the way in, but like they're in the wrong spot, is kind of how you feel after being around them. Mm-hmm. And like, like for me, it's like I start to realize, like, okay, I let you in a place I shouldn't because I feel exhausted. Yeah. Like I should feel like in any gate I should. Now, there's certain people that are just exhausting, and when, <laughs> as you're listening to this, you're thinking, yeah, some people are. It, you know, like is, is it you, me? Yeah, is, is it me? me? <laughs> yeah, and uh, like my wife once told me, it's like, well, if you don't have a weird person in your small group, you probably are the weird person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? um, she said it in love. Yeah. I don't think I said it quite that way, but <laughs> it's the way I heard it. Um, but if you feel exhaustion, like if you feel like you're constantly on, you're having to constantly almost perform or say the right things and do the right things, that's a pretty good indicator that that you have somebody in the wrong spot. Yeah, I, I think that's a good good point, Chris. So let's you you, you want to share some share with us your gates. Okay, I'll um, just go through and share a few of the 
the ones and even just my process of figuring it yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, my very first gate for you to um, get any type of access, this is my drawbridge, it's kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is somebody that I interact with and my first experience with them is them being rude or sarcastic or unkind, right away I can feel myself going, that person's not going to get access to the deeper parts of my heart. Mm-hmm. I was at the grocery store one day and there was a woman who was coming out of the front in a motorized wheelchair and when she came through the doors, the wind caught her receipt and it blew it away. And so I just ran and grabbed it. And I turned around and was handing it to her. And immediately her, um, her attendant um, started screaming at me, leave her alone. Don't you talk to her. Oh, you know? oh and wow. Like, um, I, I didn't have any plans of building a friendship with her attendant, but <laughs> that was it was in the process of me figuring out what my heart gates were. And right yeah. away, I felt I felt that boundary come up and I go, mm-hmm. OK, what happened there that in my first experience with this woman, I didn't want to she had no access. And it was kindness that mm-hmm. I was trying to be kind to a woman in a wheelchair. And, you know, the woman responded unkindly to me, her attendant did. And Mm. so I go, okay, maybe kindness is one of my first heart gates. And um, I think that um, everybody's going to have different heart gates, what they need. But for me, my first need in a relationship is, is there any sense of kindness? Is there Mm -hmm. any sense of, I have some sense of value from you as a person. It doesn't mean that you have to value all the important things of my life, but just as a human being, do I have any value? You know, mm. and that's so really that's if, if I if I sense that, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm I'm willing to engage you further and lower the drawbridge. So mm-hmm. mm. you and I are similar to that in kindness. I think I, the, the only thing I'd maybe to me honor. Which is, is it is a form of, form of kindness, you know. If you're at a grocery store and you're a jerk to the the person helping you, or if you're at a restaurant and you're mean to the waitress, I could tell pretty quickly that you and I probably aren't going to be real close friends. You know, you got to be just be nice. Yeah. So um, my second gate is actually respect, mm. and that is um, the sense of you value my space. You value. Um, it's, we had talked a little bit earlier about me being able to be powerful in the relationship and, um, you respect that I might have a different opinion. You respect that I, um, have different needs than you do. Um, you respect that, um, I am, um, my own individual, my individuality Mm -hmm. and, um, I had mentioned about the friend that, you know, I had to move out. It was actually his relationship with me that helped me to realize I don't feel respected by him. Uh-huh. Um, I mm. love to golf. And um, when I would golf um, with this person, um, he is very competitive and he was always trying to intimidate me. He was trying to, uh, he would use, um, you know, he, he was he was trying to beat me through making fun of me of intimidating mm-hmm. me of you know it's like i know it's a it's just playing golf but i realized that was kind of the 
the point where I realized, ah, oh, he doesn't he doesn't have a respect for me mm-hmm. as a person, mm. um, and trying to manipulate me. If I feel any manipulation from somebody, right away, mm-hmm. that gate is closing quickly. Yeah. And they might be kind, but if they're trying to, even if they're using kindness to try to manipulate me, then mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, you don't get to come in any closer. And um, yeah, you know that I I think again manipulating and control is um it's i'm trying to use power to make you respond a way that i want you to respond Mm -hmm. and that just to me is not respect right and so yeah um my third one is authenticity um i grew up in church where authenticity um there was not a lot of value it was all performance appearance and um i just I just got weary of performing and playing the game. Mm-hmm. And so part of my heart heart gate is connected to a past experience of having very shallow relationships because nobody could be authentic. Mm-hmm. And once I started building deeper relationships, I, I realized that, oh, authenticity is really mm-hmm. important to me. I would rather somebody be raw and real with me than saying the right things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, when, when I meet somebody who's, um, well, what I would say is religious and cliche-ish and hallelujah, brother, everything no, is good. come on now. Right, you know, and, and there's this presentation that they don't have any issues or problems. Mm-hmm. Um, right away I'm going, nope, that gate is closing. Yeah. If somebody says, man, I am really struggling and, man, I'm, I'm really wanting to follow God, but I'm really struggling to even believe that He loves me right now, mm-hmm. man, my heart will open up very quickly yeah. because of the authenticity. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm always drawn to people who are authentic and real. Mm-hmm. I am. I find myself being repelled a bit by people who are very cliche-ish and re- religious yeah. and so and part of that is because of that heart gate you know? yeah so. well let's let's take just a real quick rabbit trail because i feel like i got something to get off my chest oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're with your pastor act normal <laughs> you we've ex- we've all experienced that where people come in and they start talking a different way they start acting a different way and like you see through it real quick it's like, and then, then all of a sudden, they're like, well, you know, they, they, they take this super spiritual plane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just, let's, let's talk about football. Let's talk about golf. Let's talk about camping. And a lot of times there's this pressure to be somebody that you're not when you get around pastors. Yes. As a table of pastors here, I think I could speak for all this. Quit it. Yeah. <laughs> be real. 100%. You know, because I think you're going to have more access to the pastor that you're with Mm. because we're used to people treating us a certain way. Like when you first meet people and they ask, oh, what do you do for a living? And you tell them I'm a pastor and all of a sudden they quit, they quit cussing, quit talking about this. And then they want to tell you about the time they were in third grade in Bible, Bible class. And I'm like, I would rather talk about guns right now than talk about your third grade experience with Bible class because I know it didn't stick. I mean, I could tell just by 30 seconds with you. So let's just not be honest. Um, 
Yeah. But that authenticity is going to yeah. go a long ways. That's one of mine, too, is that yeah. I, I want somebody to be real. Yeah. yeah. I think some of the past experience I had, the lack of authenticity was uh, some of it was expected by leaders, church leaders, that you you present what you think people want you to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And um, and it it then created in the people that same lack of authenticity of like, oh, well, I've got to present something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that looks um, looks at least good, even if it's not, because I'm trying to match their lack of authenticity. And maybe they right. didn't think it was lack, but they thought, oh, that's how I'm supposed to look. And mm-hmm. I, I was even told when I went into ministry, um, never let anybody see your weaknesses because they won't follow you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... And you so, and I, you, know, you and I grew up in some of the same <laughs> denominational places. So, so the so the underlying message is: don't be real. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't be real because uh, the only way to get people to follow you is to present this fake leadership strength that you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And and that's why it re, it just inside of me I repel against that. If if somebody is, and sometimes it's like it's coming out of a need they have for acceptance or mm-hmm. validation mm-hmm. and so they're trying to present something so that you'll affirm them and validate them but i would rather validate somebody for being authentic and real than right. for being showing showing me a beautiful mask that mm-hmm. you know it's not really the authenticity if yeah. i can't if i can't be vulnerable in a relationship i don't want to be in that relationship yeah because mm-hmm. i mean i think we can all say that we've been in either a one-on-one relationship or in a small group or whatever like i'll just point out like small groups like if someone's totally shutting down and never being vulnerable or sharing any part of their life but you are like i don't want to be a part of that type of relationship where i'm willing to open up and let you see the real me but but you're not willing to like that. That just I think that brings some clarity of yeah. Like this, we have to define that relationship. Then, yeah. and then they're you know if they're if they're not willing, that's okay if they're not willing to go there. But we're probably not going to have that closer, more intimate relationship where we can do that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So well, and I, I came into this year very closed off. You know, the the amount of change in me that's happened just in one year is, thank you Jesus. My mm-hmm. wife says thank you Jesus. Um, but I know that if I would have came into a place where if you were a different person that was very held things very close to your chest mm-hmm. and were not vulnerable, I would not have opened up. Mm-hmm. Like being around you has completely changed me in that way. That may be one of the most significant things that in our relationship that you have shown me that you've even imparted because I've saw you do it so well over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've seen this guy get up on on up in front of our RG and just start bawling. <laughs> you know, we'll sit down and and he'll start going, "Oh, I'm a little tender," and I'm like, "I am too." <laughs> you know, but that vulnerability I think is contagious, mm. and uh, it's something that's so necessary in the in the body of Christ. Yeah, I heard uh, this quote that. Um our greatest desire is to be known and be loved. Mm-hmm. Our greatest fear is to be known and not be loved. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, there's there's something... I, I actually think it goes back to the garden. Um, there was in, um, in... I think it was put inside of humans the desire to live naked and be vulnerable. Hmm. 
and sin stole that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an immediate response to sin was to cover up. Right. Um, but I still think it's like when you see a two-year-old uh, walking in, around the house naked at the dinner party, they still carry that innocence mm-hmm. yeah. that they are freely themselves and vulnerable without any thought of themselves. And right. I think that's that's still in us. Mm-hmm. It's just because of pain and because of mistakes and broken yeah. relationships. We we've learned to live, you know, covered up. And um, part of the for me, um, you know, my first gate is kindness. My second is respect. My third is authenticity, and my fourth is actually vulnerability. And it's because I think in all of us we want to be known. We mm-hmm. want to have somebody see us for who we are, being real. And mm-hmm. love us. And yeah. um, so, can I ask, what is the difference between those two? Sure. Um, uh, authenticity is just for me. It is the you are you're not presenting something that's not real to me. Mm. Vulnerability, uh, and even I, I define the difference between transparency and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, transparency is I let you see things. Um, but most of the time, those are things from the past. Uh. Vulnerability is this is this is what's happening inside of me, and what I think is significant with vulnerability is I'm not just letting you see it, but I'm actually inviting you to speak into it wow. to um, help even even be a part of my process mm-hmm. and because um, there are people that will talk about their past, yeah, but they won't give you anything of their current heart condition. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really good. And um, I think authenticity is, it's a shallower form of vulnerability because mm-hmm. authenticity is like, oh, you get to see who I really am. Vulnerability says you get to see who I really am. And not just my not just my weaknesses or my struggles, it's also there's a vulnerability to sharing dreams. There's a vulnerability mm-hmm. to sharing your gifts mm-hmm. and that you have a safety and relationship to say this is what I really desire, long mm-hmm. for. And and being able to say you have freedom to be able to speak into that. That's wow. where I, I kind of define vulnerability mm-hmm. and transparency that's and really authenticity good. a little different. So. Mm-hmm. See, and I think that's such a key for leaders because when you are able to present yourself to people without having the pressure, because there's a pressure to living when you're trying to maintain image, you're trying to maintain these things, is that, that like there's only so much energy that you have. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that vulnerability as a leader, you quit seeing people people after the spirit for who they are because you're always wondering well if i can't come fully present can they come fully present you know and 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 so i mean leaders if you're listening to this man you really need to be more vulnerable (laughs) i i also would add chris that every gate that is opened fewer and fewer people get to go through that gate that's really good no there are only a smaller number of people that I give real true vulnerability mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. I invite them to speak into things in my life. Wow. Yeah. And it's not because I don't want to, I, I want to hide those things. Mm-hmm. It's because for you to be trusted to give me feedback and, and not just 
surface level feedback, but for you to really see the depths of my heart, mm-hmm. we've had to build some trust. You've had to go through those previous gates to get to that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I realized from my gates, there is a time factor. Mm. The kindness one, I can tell within five minutes if yeah. you get that gate open or not. Right. Vulnerability takes time to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And my problem before was that you know, within 10 minutes, I'm like, uh, opening up, you know, the right. heart gates and letting people come into vulnerability that I shouldn't have. And that's yeah. where often the pain came from. Sure. You know, and so just slowing it down each gate that you, I need to have enough time in a relationship with you mm-hmm. to know that, okay, you're, you are being real with me. You are, you're being authentic. And then if somebody starts to be vulnerable with me right away, that's a clue of like, okay, this person is knocking on my vulnerability gate that mm-hmm. they feel safe enough to open themselves. I'm going to test and see if I can do the same and get that, you know, get that same experience. So you're not going for the deepest, darkest secrets. You're, 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 you're slowly letting, you're slowly uncovering or revealing yourself more and more to them. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. saying? And I, I think it's all about trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, can I entrust my heart and at what level can I entrust my mm-hmm. heart yeah. you know and um, there is nothing better than having oh there's nothing better than having relationships where you can be vulnerable and feel safe and it never changes the the, the relationship mm-hmm. as far as it you don't lose relationship through being vulnerable. You gain strength in that. And yeah. Those are few. There, there's not a lot of, and, and I don't think you should have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be a smaller group of people that you can say, here is the real thing happening in my heart, and mm-hmm. I'm inviting you into that. And um, so, and that mm-hmm. takes time to develop. You know, that doesn't happen just yeah. in a, in a one-week experience with yeah. somebody. I'm glad you mentioned that whole time thing because, yeah, that's really how relationships are even refined too and tested to see, yeah, yeah where are we at and yeah, and and they can change too, yeah. right? In different Absolutely. seasons, our relationships, you know, someone may have more access in one season and Absolutely. that could change in the next season. And that, that's that's why it's good to have those reference points mm-hmm. that if something changes, somebody that you've been vulnerable with, all of a sudden you're starting to feel hesitant mm-hmm. about being vulnerable. You can go back to okay. What has changed and what would I need to experience to be able to keep vulnerable with that person? And if you're not seeing it, then to, just to have the freedom to be able to say, for this season, mm-hmm. I'm going to move them out. And, and, and it's not what you would necessarily communicate to them. Yeah, right. But you, would, you might, might just, the way that you relate to them would be different, you know. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just say this. One of the hardest relationships to work through your gates as family. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Amen, brother. And, wow. and part of that is because there's an assumption that, oh, blood should give you access to the, all the deep places of, of a person's heart. Hmm. But um, some of the most painful places of our relationships is a family. Sure. And somebody that, and, and they might have that expectation, but mm-hmm. you're like, this doesn't feel safe. Yeah. And you have to be honest with your with your own heart of going, oh, even though, you know, my my dad wants access and assumes that he has access, mm-hmm. it's 
causing too much pain. So I'm going to have to limit how much I share yeah. and how much availability they would have to my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes those are a lot harder because of that right. family blood assumption. You know, mm-hmm. so. And I think I made that mistake more than once, you know, because, because you want to be the includer or you want to have that family member in your life where you've said, oh, here's full access to me, to my heart. Here's access to my family. And then it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, there's a whole lot of family dysfunction in the name of love. And, yeah. <laughs> well, they're my family. Yeah. I have to. And like, no. no, you don't. <laughs> and there are some, and we've, there are some family members that get way less access than people than, mm-hmm. that I can trust that I've only known for a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think the time thing is important, too, is that we can't mix up people who are brought into our lives for a season for people who are brought into our lives for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And the few I think the people that are brought into your life for a lifetime outside of family is kind of few and far between. And you've got to be willing to embrace that. And, uh, you know, it's okay to be sad when you have to move somebody out or the relationship Mm -hmm. changes. It really is kind of part of life. And it's sad when other people have to move you out, too. I mean, that's the reality is we're on the other side of it as well. It's not just us setting boundaries for the other people. Really? Because I was sitting here thinking, like, who would move me out? (laughs) Well, I think, like, we also have seasons where... Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm not doing well in an unhealthy place in my heart or processing pain, like when you guys came into school, mm-hmm. there was there were gates that you had closed mm-hmm. that some of that I think was okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but you don't want to say I will never change that gate because otherwise mm-hmm. then you're a walled off castle that nobody gets access to. Right. And we were created for attachment. We are created for connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, as I get more healthy, actually, I have needed to adjust my gates, mm-hmm. you know, and um, which has been a good good process as well, you know, just to realize yeah. like, oh, people that I had trouble saying no to before, the more healthy I get, it's it's easier, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, so. And understanding closing that down for a season is a help. I mean, for for me, I had to take a step back from leadership roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know they they wanted me to be the leader of our small group, and I went to you guys, and I said <laughs> that would be a disastrous. Uh, I don't know if it would have been disastrous, but it wouldn't have been good. You know, I had yeah. a couple guys come to me and say, "Hey, will you mentor me in this program?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, no, I, I won't. Yeah. I'll be your friend." Yeah. And then you know, full circle, you're year later this you know a couple of guys said hey what about now i said yeah let's hang out a little bit yeah. and it's understanding what your capacity is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. embracing that not what your capacity should be yeah and i think that's what gets us into trouble a lot of times as christians it's like we know what we should do but we don't take into account what we're actually capable of doing hmm. and being able to know yourself and what you can handle for a moment yeah because sometimes yeah you're right it may be wrong to shut a door but maybe that's all you have capacity for in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. don't leave it shut forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and continuing to check your own heart, you know, and and sometimes my my hesitation with somebody closing a door isn't actually them, it's me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's maybe a fear that I need to address or a wound that needs to be healed, you know. And because mm-hmm. um, again, just relationships are two parts, not just me, mm. not just right. not just them. Yeah. And both people getting to be powerful in that. Yeah. So, one of the last gates for me is reciprocity or mutual sharing. Mm, and that's good. I'd say this for for leaders. Um, that's probably one of the the harder places because mm-hmm. as a leader, most people want something from you. For sure. They're they're wanting you to care for them, take take care of their needs, fix them, all of that, and. Um, for me, I, I was constantly being drained by the needs of people. Mm -hmm. And part of me caring for my heart is saying, I need relationships that are not just, um, that I'm just giving to, but that also invest back into me Mm -hmm. and the people that I can, uh, I can count on that, you know, they've got my back and I've got theirs, you know, and just that mutual sharing and, um, you don't always get a lot of uh, people that you're leading coming and asking how you're doing. Mm-hmm. They just they they don't think that way, or they don't maybe think that, or maybe they assume you're okay because you're right. the leader, you know. Because you're on um, that pedestal. So so when when I have had people that have worked their way through those heart gates, and then all of a sudden there's that sense of like, oh, you're not just needing something from me; you're actually wanting to invest into me. Yeah. That's where that gate will start to slowly crack open and say, okay, I think this is a mutual relationship. Yeah. And again, every level is smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. I have a lot fewer people that um, that um, are mutually investing into me than I do that respect me because that yeah. number just continues to, to reduce down. So, um, but it's needed for me. It's needed. I need, yeah, that's I good. need to be more than just somebody that meets everybody else's need, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, one thing I would say with this, this is probably one of the big revelations I got with these heart gates. Um, at every level of, uh, I'll go through my heart gates again, really quick. Kindness, respect, authenticity, vulnerability, reciprocity I do have one more it's covenant which is mm-hmm. till death do us part mm-hmm. yes that's the closest one <laughs> but um, that's the king's chamber yeah but um, <laughs> how many people do you have <laughs> just, the, one. just one <laughs> just one but each each of those each of those levels um, there needs to be an adjustment of expectations that's really good I have a much different expectation on somebody who is mutually sharing in my life and being reciprocal than I do that somebody that just it can only be kind to me. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was trying to keep the same expectations uh, for each level, and it was it was just keeping me in this kind of this constant state of frustration and judgment. Wow. You know? And if I have the same expectation for the woman who yelled at me for picking up the receipt that I do for, you know, um, the person that is checking in on me, that's that's not a fair thing. No. And it actually takes the pressure off because if I'm putting somebody further out in the castle, it is a is it is really a lot healthier and easier to manage if I lower their expectations. Yeah. If I say, okay. You don't respect me. Well, if you don't respect me, you don't get access to me. 
but I'm also going to lower my expectations that you have to, to respond to me a certain way. Yeah. Because I, you know, if I have that constant demand of uh, you have to treat me a certain way and then trying to force them into gates, that that's just really unhealthy. And mm-hmm. so it was really freeing for me to go, ah, oh, you don't get close to me, but I'm not going to expect you to act a certain way. Yeah. Mm. Um, because maybe that's not in your capacity. Maybe you didn't learn how to respect people. Maybe you're operating out of your own pain, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you in closer, but I'm also not going to demand that you act like you do respect me if you yeah. don't. So. Yeah, that's really good. So going back to the covenant gate, mm-hmm. and we kind of joking before, but the outside of your wife, does anybody else have that? Do you have a co- that covenant, like take a bullet, die, lifetime friend? Yeah, work? I think, and especially, you know, you think about, okay, not everybody's married, so what does a single person, yeah. you know, if they're, I, and I do think, you see you see covenants in the, the scriptures. David mm-hmm. and Jonathan mm-hmm. had a covenant relationship. For sure. And I think absolutely that it doesn't necessarily just mean a, a marriage covenant, but it has to be a level of commitment of saying, um, you know, the whole whole thing of a covenant was whatever you're willing to do for me, I'm willing to do for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am I am actually investing my life to make your life better. When God said to Abraham, I want to make a covenant, he was saying, because of me, your life is going to improve. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. you know, when David and Jonathan made the covenant, Jonathan giving his sword and his robe, he was he was actually affirming, saying, I will defend you, mm-hmm. and I'm even giving up my future as uh, the, the heir to the throne. I'm actually acknowledging that you are the one that's called to that, and I will actually defend that. Wow. And him, him saying that I will even put my life on the line to make sure that your life... Mm-hmm. Is fulfilled and your destiny is fulfilled, and um, man, wow, wow, having that type of relationship, you don't see that very often. No, you don't. No, and and sometimes you you can see it in uh, marriages, which mm-hmm. it should be in all marriages, mm-hmm. but oh. but even outside of the context of marriage, of having somebody that says, "Your people are my people. Yeah, where you go, I'll go. Right, and I will defend you and I'll protect you, and mm-hmm. if." If anybody attacks you, they have to come through me, mm-hmm. you know, and so. Mm. So good. It's it, it's interesting, though, talking about this. I can feel it in my own heart, that longing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, where do I find them? Yeah. Just, just that longing for the type of community to be a part of where you're like, these are my people, yeah. you know, and um, there's all of the reasons for heart gates is... Um, we're all dealing with brokenness and pain and in our process. And hopefully, you know, I I really believe that the whole part of transformation and healing is so that we can do community better. Yeah. Um, We were created for community. Hmm. And um, I I, uh, did quite a study the last couple of months on, um, there's a neuroscientist uh, named Jim Wilder who has actually studied um, from a neurological perspective, but a biblical perspective of mm-hmm. how we were created for um, relationships and mm-hmm. attachment. And even from a very young age, zero to three years old, the brain develops through attachment and connection. And if a child doesn't get the smiling face of a parent, it actually impairs the ability for the thalamus to develop inside the brain. Wow. And um, how we even biologically are, are affected by um, 
relationships, positively mm-hmm. or broken, you know. And so, mm-hmm. wow. Can I say one thing? This yeah. is this is one of my favorite quotes from him. He was talking about joy, and joy is always relational. It's not an emotional experience. It's a relational experience, hmm. and he connects that with scripture of the joy of the Lord and the the face of the Lord shining upon us, that it our, our joy comes through attachment and relationship with God. But he also connects that through humans, that joy comes from us um, being attached. And this is the way he describes joy. He says, joy is being with people who are excited to see you and be with you. Wow. And um, that's some of what in our school the first day is registration which actually we're going to do next week yay Uh, actually two weeks two weeks um and we have our team stand there and people come into this big building and it's a first day and they're scared and they're nervous Uh or they're they're angry well i remember that (laughs) yep all the things so angry (laughs) i was excited but but we're we stand there and we are the people who are excited to see Mm -hmm. them and hear our students reference back to that day. It was like, that was really cool when we walked in and we didn't know anybody and you yeah. guys were screaming our name and excited to yeah. see us. And, and when I read that this summer, I was like, oh, that's why that's so important because they felt the joy of somebody who was excited to see them and be with them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually, we were biologically designed to experience joy. And when we're with people who don't express that, it actually, even at a physiological level, can affect us. It can wow. affect us with chemicals in our body and anxiety mm-hmm. and all those things. So, wow, wow. You know, and I just maybe want to speak to somebody that's out there that's going, man, I, I thought I had that covenant person or I thought I had this mm-hmm. person and they rejected me or they hurt me. And, you know, that's kind of part of my story is that, you know, in this last season, two people that I thought that we were going to be lifelong friends. Where you go, I go, you know, Jonathan and David type of thing. And the, the danger is, is that after, if you lose that, mm-hmm. that you, you try to self-protect because it's one of the most excruciating things, um, you know, outside of divorce. Yeah. You know, even those who've gone through divorce say that, hey, I did that. It didn't work out. It's God's plan. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the community that God desires. <clears throat> and it's something that's worth fighting for. And it's something worth trying again, mm-hmm. you know. And I know for me, it's like I had to decide to not just sit on the couch because that would have been easier. Yeah. But it would not have been better in the long run. And Mm -hmm. all relationships are risk, Mm -hmm. you know. But having heart gates is a way to manage the risk, you know, and to instead of um, in an unhealthy way trying to connect with people to feel that, you know, ultimately that covenant, um, it gives you measurements and marking points to be able to say, uh, I, I probably shouldn't allow this person in until I build more trust and a level. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and again, time adds to that, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, for me, it's been really, really good for me to have like when I, when a relationship starts to turn or change, to be able to have a measurement of going, okay, mm-hmm. what's changing there? Why is my heart starting to feel cautious there? And is this a point where I need to close a gate or not? You know, and right, so, that's good, and, mm-hmm. and and that's not easy. You know, that's mm-hmm. painful, and and 
Um, and sometimes it, if, if you have a good enough relationship, you can actually um, express that the need of saying, hey, I, I feel like, um, you know, we, we've had such a great experience of vulnerability, but I feel like things have changed and I'm finding myself being cautious to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about that? But at least having a, a, a reference point to go to and talk about it yeah. instead of like, uh, I don't know why there's things feel different. I don't know why, but now I know why I know right. why if, uh, somebody, you know, wants to get close to me, but they're not respecting me. And if they ever challenge me, like, why can't I get close to you? I'd be able to say, well, mm-hmm. here are some reasons why. Because you, it doesn't feel like you're respecting, you know, m- me and my space, you know. Yeah. And that's actually what I had to do in a relationship that I had to draw a hard line on mm-hmm. and be really blunt was to say, uh, I'm not feeling the respect for my own space. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I at least had clarity of why. Right. Because I'd answered the question why for what my heart needed. So. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so... How do we figure this out? I mean, this seems really, I mean, just even to come up with those, like I've been working on my gates. You said six months. I'm a slow learner. I'm still, I'm like a year into this and still not sure. Um, but seriously, how do you figure out your gates? Yeah, I, um, just to affirm what you just said there, it's like this actually should take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times we want to do the quick fix and figure it all out so I can move on. But relationships um it takes time to assess your heart takes time to assess and um you know i i really committed to doing that and working hard at it and i'll just give you some things that that helped me to discover mine um the there's the reference of uh nehemiah in the in the book of nehemiah he goes out and he, he arrives back to the to the um, city of Jerusalem that's in shambles. And the first thing he does, he rides, he goes out at night privately, rides mm. his donkey around the city, and he's looking at each of the gates. And he's evaluating what is the condition of the gates. And he was actually looking, what is the thing that I need to address to be able to create a safe space for the the, the um, people of Israel to be able to, to live in? Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that's the first thing is just to do a heart assessment. Like, what are the gates that maybe have been damaged, or what mm. are the things? When I think of relationships, am I am I open to relationships, or have I? Are there people that I have consistently closed out? Okay. Um, if you're in a position where you're like, oh, I don't have a lot of relationships, it's really good to evaluate why. Yeah, you know, yeah. or if 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 you have a lot of relationships, but all of them are shallow, mm, why? That's good too. Or if you yeah. have people like, like uh, Chris, you said, if you have all of your relationships where you're walking away feeling drained, it's good to say why. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're doing is just assessing, yeah. you know, really what is the condition of your heart gates? Yeah. Um, something that really helped me was to filter current relationships um, through the process of trust. I would think of a person who I fully trust and Mm -hmm. like, why? Why Uh do I trust that? What is it that that person has given to me that is the reason why I trust them? Or Mm -hmm. people that felt a little bit further out, like, okay, I enjoy hanging out with them, but I'm not going to share a lot of personal things. Why? Yeah. Um, Or people that like, you know, 
the the woman at the grocery store mm-hmm. like right away that was a clear one i'm like i know why yeah i don't want her to get close to me <laughs> but 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 just I, I think that's some of the time that i took mm-hmm. evaluating relationships of just saying okay what is it that this person is given to me that says ah I'm willing to open up more. Mm-hmm. And those were actually the clues that started to help me to identify specific gates that how a person, uh, how I experienced them. And um, another thing just to consider is just a couple of questions uh, to answer for yourself. One is, am I closing gates to people that, that could help me grow? Yeah. Um, because uh, there are people that could help you grow but maybe because of pain maybe because of they remind you of somebody that hurt you Mm -hmm. um they you know a lot of times i've experienced this where students will come in who because i'm a man or because i'm a church leader they immediately have they they got the drawbridge locked down Mm -hmm. you know and it wasn't me that hurt them no but um actually if they would be willing to lower the drawbridge yeah maybe I could actually help them grow. Mm-hmm. And um, See, and I think that's something that I was presented with um, that I didn't realize until maybe the beginning of even the summer. And there was there's a couple of guys that, that I actually went to, and I said, can we be friends? And it was scary to me. Because, you know, a couple of them were, were leaders and somebody that I really respected and loved. And, you know, and it was interesting in this conversation, they were like, he goes, you know what? I need that too. Mm. And it's like, oh, but it was scary. It's yeah. like, I, I, I think we, we had coffee for like an hour mm-hmm. and I kind of worked like, like the last two minutes. It's like, cause I don't want to ask at the beginning and then it get real awkward. So I wait till nice. the very end and nice. like, yeah. in, in, a, in a sense, like, will you be my friend? <laughs> check yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they come back with a maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the check yes or no thing worth with Jamie. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So the, you know, that question of, am I closing gates to people that could help me? Mm -hmm. Um, if you are, there's a reason for that Mm -hmm. and it might be your own pain. It might be something that, um, you're believing that's not true that every person like the person in my past, they're going to hurt me too. And that might not be true. Right. Um, a second question is, am I opening gates to people that are damaging me? If you're seeing that, okay, there's this relationship I'm constantly experiencing, a pain or I, I feel like it's actually I'm drained I'm it's it feels like I'm being stolen from uh, there's a good chance that you've opened a gate that sh- you shouldn't have mm-hmm. and to be able to then ex- mm-hmm. assess that okay why did I open that gate maybe um, like for me I always tried to use vulnerability as a way to bring vulnerability out of people and some situations that might be okay, but um, I was actually using one of my deeper heart gates in a way to feel connected to somebody without mm. having them go through those earlier heart gates. Oh, okay. And so I was actually misusing my own heart gate. And just to be able to go, okay, I keep being vulnerable with this person, but it keeps causing pain. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a, a gate I do need to evaluate and close and wow. so I do I think I see people that have especially have like father wounds, mother wounds, stuff like that. They'll jump like they'll find a person and they'll jump mm-hmm. jump the relationship way too yeah. quickly. Yeah. And it ends up 
ends up causing more pain. Yeah. You know, so if that's you, you know, be careful. And I, that's speaking from experience for yeah. me, not having a dad growing up and you, like you latch on to people. Yeah. You know, you got to be careful that you, there is a process. There's a process to this whole thing. And the, if you learn to walk it out, you'll have better relationships. Yeah, I agree. Um, another thing that helped me was like applying time to it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Um, and especially in ordering my gates, you know, when I was trying to figure out, I was finding out like, oh, okay, I have, I have these different heart gates, but which, which is the first one that Mm -hmm. I should, you know, use as an evaluation. And I, I started applying time, you know, in the first five minutes when I meet somebody, I can't get a good assessment if I can be vulnerable with them. Mm hmm. So that that helped me to order that, like mm-hmm. okay, that's a little bit later gate for me. Um, I can probably know in the first five minutes if they're going to be kind to me. Yeah. And so that just applying time, um, maybe after several weeks, I might have a better assessment mm. of like feeling respect from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of these heart gates actually could take months and even years to to assess, like okay, this person will not even in the worst things that we've walked through they're still here standing by me and mm-hmm. to be able to say yeah that that's the type of uh, a relationship that they should get more and more access to my heart because mm-hmm. of the consistent loyalty you know and um so i think time really helped me to even figure out the order of my gates yeah you that's know really good. so because that takes time to see somebody at their best, and it takes some time to see people at their worst. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And to figure out, okay, at our worst, where's the relationship at? Right. You know, and that's where sometimes the pain comes when things get bad. Mm-hmm. You discover that uh, that was a good season relationship, but that was not a hard season relationship. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and um, some of the people that I would consider my closest friends are people that for 25 years we walked through a lot of family pains together Mm -hmm. Uh a lot of family pains together and just being able to like some of the difficult things that we walked through with our own kids and Mm -hmm. you know like man they stuck there with us you know and they were there supporting us and giving us what our hearts needed you know that doesn't happen in the first week of a relationship right you know? and, so, and if it does it's probably not very real or healthy, yeah 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 you know? and so uh, well we even found you know with this is something we we're talking about is that we had some relationships that only like we only walked through conflict not with them but we were going through some church stuff mm-hmm. trying to revitalize and change a church and it was constant conflict and all of a sudden we realized like okay that's a thrust of this relationship and then you take that component out, it's like you almost don't know what to do with each other because you've been focused on other things. Mm-hmm. We see this in husbands and wives. They spend 20 years raising kids. The kids leave. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you realize, mm-hmm. oh, maybe our relationship wasn't exactly what we thought it was. Right. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I think the the last thing is just, again, to go back to processing family. Um, that that it takes a lot of honesty and and even being honest with some of the experience of your family because i think it's especially i remember in my 
mid-20s, there was this kind of the fairy tale view of my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize, like, ah, we, we had some unhealthiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people find that out a lot sooner, you know, depending sure. on how, how dramatic the pain of the family is. Right. But you kind of want to imagine something that doesn't have pain in it. But mm-hmm. then when you start to be honest and go, yeah, that was that was kind of messed up, mm-hmm. um, it, it gives you a better assessment to be able to know, okay, what are the heart gates that I need to apply to that relationship? And again, a heart gate is to protect my heart to be able to love well. It's mm-hmm. not to um, to isolate myself. Right. And sometimes loving family well is saying, you know what, I'm not going to continue to participate in unhealthy conversation with you because the way that you talk to me is not respectful. Mm-hmm. And me closing that gate for you is actually inviting you to be responsible for your own actions and mm. me getting to protect myself yeah. if you're not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and so, really um, good. and sometimes I, I've found this, that when people bump into gates, they don't like it. They yeah. don't like boundaries. <laughs> right. Imagine <laughs> but, that. But part of it is, I love, I love this whole idea is like me setting boundaries is giving you the rules of how to relate to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're willing to play by those rules, man, we can have deep, deep relationship. But if right. you're not, then you only get, you get to play out in the courtyard, but you don't get to come in any closer. Yeah. So the king's secrets are for those that are trusted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Tracy, thank you so much. I mean, this has been, again, I, I hope everybody listening to this gets as much out of this as, as that I know that we have. Yeah, so good. And uh, so I'm asking closing, would you pray for us, pray for our listeners, mm-hmm. and uh, just as the Lord leads you in, in praying for relationships and these gates and stuff like that. You bet, you bet. Mm-hmm. Um, Father, thank you that your design was that we would be connected. Mm-hmm. Even in the very beginning of creation, you said it's not good for man to be alone. And Lord, I know that that wasn't just including a, uh, a, a female and a male, but God, you actually designed us even at a biological level that it's not good for us to do this alone. Lord, I, I pray first for those that have experience the pain of being alone, even those that feel lonely right now. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray that you would first bring healing to their heart, but also wisdom of knowing how mm-hmm. to do healthy relationships. God, I thank you that there is wisdom that you have for us. Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit, that you can guide us of how to love others as we love ourselves. Yeah. And God, I that that's a great that's a great line, but Lord, we need help practically. How do we do that with one another? And I pray that uh, people would start to experience deeper connection, especially those that have had strained relationships or broken relationships. I just pray for connection, that there would be a uniting together mm-hmm. of hearts and that people would find themselves actually experiencing joy, the joy of being with people who are excited to see them and be with them. I just release that opportunity for joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And follow us on social media. And never forget, you're not alone.